1: We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers. And that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation, 31352. Today's guest is Alex Brown. I'm enjoying introducing Alex again. She came in episode 185, and if you'd like to go back to 185, you'll find out about the gift she received from the Queen when she rode at Badminton Four Star on five consecutive occasions, which is no mean feat at all. Um, So I think she's well and truly able to talk about this topic. So we're going to talk about 10 tips for improving your cross-country riding. Alex, do you want to say anything about an overall tip or anything
0: first of all, or we
1: just start on the first tip?
0: Um, Hi, Glennis. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think we can probably pretty much get into it. I think just in general, um, I mean, it's it's obviously been a bit of a while since I competed at top level, but when it comes to pretty cross-country riding, the the principles are basically all the same. And if you get it right from the start, um, then you're going to avoid issues later on, and you're going to set yourself up for you know whatever level yep. you, you yep. end up competing at. So, okay. and, and you know, so some of my points might might seem sort of a bit like common sense, a bit obvious, but you know, as with many things, a lot of the times, it, you know, it takes someone to actually almost point out the obvious before you go, ah, oh, yeah, of course. And yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and a lot of the time, you know, it is the very obvious that you can kind of sometimes miss and, yes. and that makes a, a big difference. Yes, yes.
1: All right. Now, we'll start off first of all, and you're going to talk about walking the course and you've underlined properly so I think if you talk about that, and we were looking at route markers, good lines, walking all alternative, but if you can talk about introducing the course and some tips you'd give about walking the course.
0: Yeah, certainly, yeah. So, um, again, it, it probably so, sounds a bit sort of self-explanatory. Of course, you, you walk the course, but there's there's walking the course and then there's walking the course properly. Um, and I kind of I put, so this is sort of one of, you know, sort of number one, just because I was talking to, so a couple of my my younger pupils, I guess, a bit lately, and just sort of was asking them, well, you know, when you walk a course, whether it's a bit shared, jumping cross country, you know, what do, what do you actually look for? And they were a bit sort of looked at me a bit blankly to say, well, just to know where to go, you know, <laughs> yes. what the course is, or or what the jump is. I'm like, well, you know, that's all well and good, but but how do you do that, and what mm. are you looking for, and what mm. you know? And it was all a bit sort of, oh, hadn't really thought about that. So, and I guess that's sort of where it's, you know, you can walk the course, or you can actually you know, pay attention and think about each fence and and how you'll actually get there. So, you know, it's not just about you jump your fence and then you go on a mad gallop across the field because, you know, the next fence is somewhere over there. And then once you've had your mad gallop, you look up and you're like, oh, where's the fence? It's, you know, as soon as you've landed, you Mm. know exactly where you're aiming for. You've already picked out when you bought the course that you need to aim for that tree on that hill Mm -hmm. and you ride to that. And then, you know, once you get to that, you're looking for the next, the third bush along on the left, which is where you have to do a nice turn or where you have to sit up and, and do your half hold. So it's very much looking for marks, you know, obvious markers that just remind you exactly what you should be doing when. Yep. Um, and then that gives you the good lines. And I think and one thing a lot of people don't do, you know, you're you walking the course, you're looking ahead and you're looking where you're going, and you're like, yep, yep, yep. And you get to the fence. And if you actually stop and look behind you and look where you've come from. I mean, it sounds so simple, but that just is so amazing. It's like, you know, what is the best route to get from where, where I've just come? And that, you know, just kind of confirms that you've sort of got your markers in the right place.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then also, um, sort of, you know, when you get to sort of a bit bit higher level, there's obviously you get your your tricky fences and then you get your, your sort of slightly longer but slightly easier alternative. And again, as simple as it sounds, it is so important to walk all the alternatives even if you know if you you know if you're walking across going i'm definitely doing the corner here i'm mm. definitely going the corner My horse is going at corners i'm going here <laughs> yeah i know the the long routes a bit you know you just go over about three you a turn around the corner but you have to walk all the alternatives and know exactly again your route markers your way you're turning yep. you know the terrain and stuff because things do change and like, i'm yeah that's Ring the personal bell for me because so my, yep. at my first badminton, I did exactly that. I was, it was only the, I think it was the six, sixth fence or the eighth sense. Yep. And I was going straight route. There was you know, so the quarry. I was like, yep, definitely going straight route. But by the time I came into the 10 minute box, my trainer sort of said, look, it has caused so much problems. People, you know, they're landing on the home, they're not riding it properly. Don't risk a stupid mistake so early on. your mm. first badminton, you know, it'll, yep. it'll mess it all up. Go the long route, play it safe. <laughs> yep. Um, but because I, although I'd, you know, I'd walked the course six times or however many times to walk it, and I had walked the long route, but I hadn't really digested what mm. it was, yep. and I, I, ended up getting a run out going the long route. Did you? And totally, you know, um, totally, um, you know, blew my mind and went, oh my god, what am I doing? And then, you know, all went horribly wrong. But then I kind of snapped back in and and then had a great end after that. But it was such a silly <laughs> mistake mm, mm, It's purely mm. for not not having got every, you know, option ready so that you can change and you can react and you can think very dynamically and you know react to conditions and everything. So
1: I was going to ask you how many times, you know, but I think you answered that when you said about six.
0: Yeah, so, so first three day, yeah, definitely um you do your initial walk just to go, Oh crikey, it's big <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you know, do a bit
1: <laughs> but to sort of get the location, isn't it? You know, just to sort of find out where the hills are and where everything is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then,
0: yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. each time you walk, you're, you're drilling down a bit further, and then you're, you know, you're planning all your alternatives, and yeah, and I keep, um, yeah, I walk as many times as many times as I as I can, um, and I got in a bit of a kind of a, a tradition where I had to walk it, even though you've walked it from you know the Wednesday onwards. <laughs> That morning, I still had to walk I still had to walk in at like five AM in the morning before, yep. you know, anyone yep. was up. I had to do my final on my own, kind of just get in the zone kind of thing. So yeah. um yeah. Obviously at, one, obviously at a one day event that's not possible. You unless you, mm. you've got a number of different courses of different levels of horses, you know, you're walking each one just yep. once, but that's kind of a different scenario. But it's and again that's important so at a at a one day event if you're you know, you are doing different courses on different horses. You have to pay so much attention. And even you know, the you go, oh yeah, that's you know pretty straightforward. It's just a a rail and a galloping fence and whatever. You still have to give each fence kind of some respect. And even if it's a an easy galloping fence, you have to pay attention because yep. you do make stupid mistakes in the in the heat of a gallop.
1: Yep. All right. Look, the second one you've got is know your horse.
0: Yeah, and I guess and that sort of links links in nicely to to, to above with the course walking because obviously, you know, every horse is different. Um, so, you know, different jumping styles, different galloping styles, different stride lengths. So, yeah, you know, there's no point sort of walking a you know, it's a couple of big oxes with a nice two strides in the middle. You know, if you've got a you know, a big rangy horse, you might you know, it might be a short two strides if you've um you know, got a small horse, it might struggle. And again, totally related to that is, you know, paying attention to the conditions of the ground and the terrain as well. You know, if it's a bit boggy, that's obviously going to make um, the distances so much harder. Mm-hmm. You know, the terrain, if it's undulating going into it, or if it's downhill, if it's uphill, again, has huge impact on, you know, if it's got a bounce, it's whether well, it's going to be three strides <laughs> or four strides, it's, you know, the ground is going to sort of pay a big... Play, sorry, play a big part in that. So, um, yeah, so you need to think about the conditions and train and the train how that affects the fence generally, and then on sort of layered on top of that, how that affects your particular horse. Yep. Too. Yep. Um, and you know. So
1: just the, talking the, about you know because you talked before about when you're walking the course, you know, if you're riding two different levels, you know, two different horses, yep. two different levels. If you're riding a number of different horses. You know, as you're walking the course, you're thinking about how each individual horse is going to go. You know, say that you know they might all be you might be going up or down a hill on say all two yeah. or all three horses, but you're thinking about each individual horse as you're going through up and down. Yeah,
0: definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. because it does make such you know a huge difference to a horse. Um, mm-hmm. a, I'm just trying to think. Uh, you know, an example I had um, a three style horse who was. Really, it a little 16 amber was very small and compact,
1: mm-hmm.
0: big scurvy jumper, very small and compact. And mm-hmm. um we were, at, I think it was at a two-star, and was going into water, going slightly downhill. Yes. A very long one stride. And I had this little horse, and I had another horse, which, you know, just did a beautiful, nice, cantered in one stride out. But as I was walking the course, I actually... Turned to my train at the time and said, I bet you're sure you'll put two in here. <laughs> just, I'm like, I bet you he'll put two in. Yep. And I didn't ride it for two. I still rode it for one, but I was sat up yep. ready because I thought he'll he'll just pop a little, you know, because it's yes. water as well, it backed him off a bit and he just popped a little stride in. You know, it was all very neat, very mm-hmm. cute, but mm-hmm. it was like a nice one stride and a little pat yep. and then over. Um, because, you know, in my head I was like, this could happen. No, yes. Like I said, I wasn't riding for it to happen, but it's like, and need to be balanced, need to be ready to sit up so that I'm not
1: yep. you know, propelled yep.
0: over the top. Yeah. And yeah, so, you know, again, every you know, you've got to think what the, the textbook would say and then how that
1: yeah. But I think that tip there, you know, know your horse. If you didn't know that horse, you know, you might have come undone at that particular fence.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Okay. The next one you've got is rhythm and balance. And you know, I think this one might be someone might discount it a little bit. Well, of course you could have rhythm and balance, but do you want to talk
0: about that? Yes, exactly. And it's kind of I think if you ask any any of the you know, the good cross country riders, you know, what's the most important thing about cross country riding, they would say rhythm and balance. Whereas anyone else would be like, Well, yeah, why? You know, what does that mean? Like it's obvious, you know, your fastest horses across country are not the ones that gallop flat out and then you're pulling up and then you're wasting your time pulling up and mm. then you're flying at the fence and then you're galloping flat out again. It's all about getting into a beautiful balance and it should be. You're just, you know, you're faster speed but you've got that nice rhythm and you're riding. So if it's just a single fence, you know, a big um, brush of a ditch in front. You just keep moving. You just keep galloping into that. You sit up, you know, slightly. You're half halt. So you shine and You just keep, keep riding. So everything is smooth. You're not fiddling. You're not um, galloping without that, hauling, um, and then setting up again. It's all about getting in the rhythm and the balance, and that, yeah, you know, and that comes back to, um, you know back to basic schooling, back to your, your country over poles on the ground and your single fences and, um, you know, and, yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it seems, as you say, it seems such a bizarre thing to say, but it, I think that is so important. It's all about, and it's also that saves, you know, it helps the horse. If you're helping flat out, then you're hauling on its mouth and you're pulling it up. One, not only you're wasting huge amounts of time um, at each fence, you're also wasting huge amounts of energy both your own and your horses yep so you know if you can just get into a nice rhythm easy you know balanced and going forward and in control and it's so much you know it's better for the horse it's better for you you know it's better all round. a bit like as I say it goes back to when you're in the arena and you're you know you're practicing you're doing your canter poles on the ground or you're doing your Small fences and just counting figure of eights and looping and related distances and it all should just be the nice um, sort of regular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. balance and rhythm, although, albeit faster. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and that and that also kind of you know links into a, um which I probably um,
1: number number four. I think you've got riding, but riding but to time. Riding yeah. Riding yep. you,
0: know, yep. you need to to get in that balance. You need to. it you can't just think, okay, I'll well, go cross-country today. what speed, you? you need to actually go out and think what speed should I be going, you know, go and measure, yeah, you're doing yeah. 350 metres per minute or whatever, go and measure, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, um, your markers and practice riding at that speed, so you actually get a feel for what you should be doing, so you're not getting flat out, pulling up, am I fast enough, am I too slow, am I too fast, you know, you know what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then sort of, as you say, so sort of linking to my next point that I guess the the sort of the time savers and that's you know the approach and the landing is where all well, your time is lost so mm-hmm. you know if you are fighting to pull up and you're almost coming back you know galloping and coming back to a you know trying to pull your horse back up you know each fence you're losing a couple of seconds if you've got 30 fences on the course you know you're minute over already kind of thing yeah um, and also it's you know so you're nice smooth, keeping the rhythm going into it, keeps the pace, keeps the rhythm you're not fighting, and then as you land, you just straight away you forget that fence and you're moving on so you're not sort of landing landing in a heap, going oh okay now it makes sense. <laughs> Again, yep. That's yep. The, you know it's half a, even half a second that's still you know half a minute around the course or whatever yep. so it's yep. landing it's moving, so you're approaching your landing is where you know you can save huge amounts of of time, and, and again, it, it links back into, you know, saves the horse's energy as well, which then obviously helps with your your time as well because the horse isn't so exhausted when it gets to the end. Um, And, yeah, and it's, very, you know, every second or half a second just adds up so much, and it makes a huge difference by, by the time you get to the end of the course.
1: And then certainly the higher the level, the faster the speed, so the, the more crucial that those last two points are.
0: Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because um, as you saw at Badminton this weekend, nobody got inside the time. The time is tight as it it should be. So it's all about, you know, riding as efficiently as you can, but without having the horse coming in exhausted. Yeah. I'm not going to say any more about
1: that. (laughs) I think you've (laughs) emphasised the point, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, now talking about start and finish, would you like to um, make that? That's point number five, so start and finish.
0: Yeah, and again, sort of common sense you'd think, but, you know, it really, you know, if you actually start how you mean to go on, you know, that sets the tone. It sets the mentally for yourself, for your horse, you know, even, you know, first sense is normally something pretty small, pretty easy, but, you know that doesn't give an excuse to just be a bit careless and kind of l- roll up into it. You need to come out the starting gate as you mean to to go on, and then everyone's you know everyone's on the program. You're know, you the horse on the program. You're on the same page, um, and then the same with with the finish. Um, you know, it's it's a work both ways. Yeah, either you can have, have had a, a great round and, you, know, you know, in your head you're celebrating already. You're you just um, you know, amazing. And the last fence, you know, is, is pretty tiny in comparison to, to what you just jumped. Mm. It would just be silly to do something stupid at last fence. Yeah. You know, totally miss it. You're potentially not going to, or you would hope, at that level, not have faults. But, you know, if you hit it badly or, you know, horse runs awkwardly, that can affect you. You know the lameness and the soundness of the horse the next day. So everything, it, you know, don't disregard the finish if if you've done a great round. And and again, if you know, I mean, sort of other end of the spectrum, um, you know, if your horse is tired and it's you know it's worked really hard, but you're sort of having to nurse it home a bit. Again, respect the last fence because you know you don't want to end the heap on the last fence. You want to just you know nurse your horse over it and, and get home safely.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So yeah, so again, fairly, you know, again, it's in common sense, but it's, you know, it really, I think if you start positively and punchy, and yep, we're here mm-hmm. to, to tap this course on the first fence, but then, and again, on the last fence, you just give it some respect, even though it's probably the smallest fence on the course and the most inconsequential, um, it's, you, you still need to ride it. Don't, yep. don't finish before you finish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> now, you've talked quite a lot about riding to time and, Moving along and maintaining rhythm and continually moving. We talked about the faster speed. What about the balance there between the faster speed and the accuracy for narrow fences or corners?
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, and your so nowadays, it's pretty much every second fence is either narrow, a skinny fence or a corner, isn't it? It's um, you have to be able to to be riding. You know, the, you and the horse have to be able to to jump these fences and they're, they're not at, you know, on angles or skinny or corners. Mm-hmm. And again, that sort of comes back to your, I think it goes back to your sort of, your groundwork and your, your basics and your practicing beforehand. And, um, you know, straight away you need to be, um, you know, ensuring that, your horse is straight and that it's listening to you that you can jump on the angles that you can, you know, you've got your, you know, so you start with your guides on each side, then, you, you know, slowly move, move one, jump it, slowly move the other, make sure you can, you know, jump either way. Um, and yeah, and it just sort of basically really links back to that, um, basic training of, you know, your straightness and your gymnastics and your grid work and your, um, you know, it's not, you have, to, as you said, you, it's not just about galloping and jumping. You, you have to have that accuracy as well. So you have to have that training and that, um, you know, the horse has to be constantly listening to you and you have got to be switched on and know, and again, thinking back to the courses, know exactly your route. You know, you're dead straight or, you, you know, you're coming at the corner exactly the right Angle that you need to be, and you've mm-hmm. got your trees lined up and, and your markers so that you know you're giving yourself the the best chance to to get over it. Okay. Um, and we thought you know there's plenty of clutching and you know um, sort of exercises that, that you can do at home. home yes. To yes. Get yes. It right. Well, I
1: think all of it is a you know it's, it doesn't just all happen on the competition day. There's a lot of no. life, a lot of work goes in at home. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, what about water? You know, we hear about some horses that have just got a bit of a boogie towards water and um, back off, really back off when it comes to water. What can we do to introduce the young horse to water, make it a bit of fun, just to avoid those future issues, bad memories?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of, you know, I think whether your horse is good at jumping the water or not, it all comes from kind of how you first first introduce it and approach it. Uh-huh. Um so you know you want to make sure that that when you're first going and you're practicing your water, it is a good experience and a fun experience. You know you you want to make sure, you want to try and find a water feature somewhere that's you know it's it's shallow but it's open, it's got good fit, good footing and you know it's inviting. I think it's if you don't always have access to good courses, it's quite tempting to you know you've got your boggy little creek at the bottom of the field. To, Try and you know use that as a practice, which is not you know not going to be encouraging for the horse. So you really want to take your time, and it and it does you know um, really does pay off if you start off and you actually invest in you know going to a course and really practicing through a good water jump and mm-hmm. just getting them you know start off really slowly, they just walking through, they're just at the ease. Maybe they you know you've got the buddy walking along with you, so everything's good. Then, you know, you're just walking in and out. It's all very open. It's all very easy. Yeah, then you progress to, to trotting and, um, you know, um, not even jumping into the water to begin with. Then maybe first, when you first introduce a jump, you'll sort of trot through the water, do a couple of, you know, just up a bank out, a couple of not jumping up a bank, a slope out, and then a, a little fence sort of on the land. And then you can... You know, just playing around, and then you can slowly bring it back the other way. Mm -hmm. Um, And just really take it slowly. Be positive, like no messing around, but it's got to be fun because you can sort of – and take it slowly. Um, You know, a lot of people think, well, we'll just, you know, gallop the horse through the water, and it'll be fine. And we'll use speed to, to make it happen, which is fine. We'll, you know, you'll get away with that for a few times. But it'll be the fear and the speed that's getting you over the, the water jump. So then when, you know, you start doing more, it gets a bit bigger and you get to the next level, the horse has got that fear and it's not confident, you know, and you can't get away with it so long. So you have to, you know, just establish that ground lines of or that, that base that but that it's fun, the horse is happy to jump into water. Um, you know, it's just to begin with, they will super over jump. So, you know, they don't, you know, the water is such a stopping force when they land, it, it's really quite it's quite a thing for the horses. So, mm-hmm. it has to be, you know, introduced calmly. Um, and one thing I find a lot of, like a lot of water jumps obviously have banks coming in or out, yes. which, which, even on low banks, you kind of go, oh, well, that's a nice way to drop in or jump out. But it's actually, if you're going to start your first introduction um, to water, it's, if possible, it's better not to use a bank just because jumping up a bank again is a bit more tricky for a horse. Coming out of water it makes it even trickier, so you're more sort of, again, a really over jump and possibly jump awkwardly. So, you know, I think to, to begin with, don't you know use a knife. Easy little log or little jump coming out of the water. Don't have your first jump out of the water up mm-hmm. a bank or up steps.
1: Okay. Okay. So a slope when you're first teaching, just like yeah. a bit of a beach yeah. in exactly. and out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just and start slowly. You know, cause yep. again, cantering through water is you know with all the water and splashing it again is quite daunting for horse. So really yep. go back to basics and just walking and trotting and playing around, and then you know a little pop of fences and stuff.
1: Yeah. And just to go over that too, you had said about jumping out first rather before you jump in.
0: Yes, yeah. and not even jumping. So you sort of trot out at the bank and then yep. maybe it's one or two strides as you jump out. So yep. it's not a big deal. It's just it's the water and there's a jump. You know, yep. Oh, that's good. And then you can come the other way and there's a jump, there's a water, but there's plenty of – the horse has got plenty of time to see the water and work mm-hmm. it out. And that's sort of the thing. If you're going in too fast and – You've got to jump on the edge of the water, and the horse isn't sure. And you're going, to, the horse hasn't got time to process what it's doing, and it can't see where it's going to land. And it's, and that's when you know it, it'll either stop or it'll either jump or he will tip or it'll leave a leg. So you know, the first one, you know, you just have something small in a little a bit away, so the horse can go, okay, yep, I've got room to land, and then I can pop into the water, and it's all, it's all fun and it's all good. And then you can slowly bring it so that he has to jump. Off the edge of the water, into the water, yep. things like that. But yep. he has got in his mind that, yeah, I know, I know oh, this right. is I know. Yep. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, and keeping it, you know, obviously you want forward impulsion, but and you need to be riding forward and riding strongly. But using speed will only that's speed and fear, which, um, like I say, will will get you through a few times, but it's going to end and Mm. in tears eventually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The horse needs to have enough time to know what he's doing, process how he's going to land and and see what he's doing. Good. If you're an equestrian
1: coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Now, what about ditches? Because you know, often horses are—if they're not worried about water, they're worried about ditches. Anything you know, different or the same for ditches?
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of a, a similar a similar approach. Again, it's it's not using the speed and and um, kind of the blindness to get over. it. when you're starting off, it's quite doing it very slowly and calmly, just doing a walk or trot through the ditches. Um, Obviously, you never let them sort of sort it out themselves. You don't let them stop or turn turn away, but, you know, they're always going forward, but they can take the time to see what they're doing and sort of work it out themselves. Um, And then sort of once, so that they know that they're confident to jump it, and then they kind of get so the ditch isn't really the problem, you know, they become, I guess, the big ditches are more rider scarers than horse scarers because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're... Then once they're jumping ditches well, all they're looking for is, like with any fence, you're looking at the top rail. The horse's eye should be, you know, looking at, I want to jump the top rail. So if you've got, you know, a big ditch and a big fence, as long as you've got a good balance, a good rhythm, you're riding into it, you know, and you're riding sort of strongly forward and not looking down, not sort of hooking and pulling the horse, you know, and you're looking up over the fence, the horse is looking up over the fence and and it's just, you know, it's part of the fence and it doesn't become a great deal. A big deal. So when there's sort of so you need to be um, you need to start off slowly and let them understand and not rush it and do a lot of repetition, but once they're jumping ditches and fences, it's a matter of, you know, you're riding you're not galloping flat, you're you know, you're right you're just like riding strongly in balance mm-hmm. and you're jumping the rail and the horse is looking at the rail.
1: Okay. And
0: then a bit like the so, and then if it's a ditch, I guess the other side if it's a ditch, say in a um we don't have coffins anymore, do really, we? In and out or so, um yes. You know, sun, sunken roads, it's, yep. again, it's the same principle as water. You kind of want to be short and, and punchy approach, not fast, because, again, they need to be able to see where they're landing. So, again, it's not that, oh, my God, we'll just go fast. to use momentum to, to get us over the first bit and over the ditch. It gives them time to see what they're doing, be strong and be punchy into the fence. But they need to be able to see where they're going to put their legs so that they don't either stop one stop or two put the back you know, quite often you see a hor the central motor horse will just put his back he'll see the ditch at the last minute and put his back legs down on the fence because mm-hmm. he hasn't had time to to see what he's doing. Yep. Um, yep.
1: Okay. Now the next tip you've got for us, number nine, is practice. And you've actually split this. It's obviously pretty important because you've got it split it into two, one's for the arena and um, you know, one's on the course. But tell us about practice and, and how we can improve our cross-country riding through practice.
0: Yeah, and this, and this, I guess we we touched on earlier when we were talking about angles and narrow fences and corners. Um, it, and I think you know, you said you don't do your, your schooling at the event. You, you have to practice this stuff, and it, and it comes back to your straightness and your balance and your rhythm. And this, you know, and if you don't, have, you know, not everyone's got access to amazing cross-country courses mm-hmm. every day of the week. Sure. <laughs> Be nice, but yeah. <laughs> but it is easy to you know recreate these things in an arena. You know you're doing your, your bounces and your, or your lines and your angles. You can make your corners um, in the arena. You can you know make little pictures with water trays, um, and it is down to yeah just been doing that as a regular part of of your practice. Um, you know with your your grid work and your gymnastics. And, you know, great for keeping them straight and getting them agile and bouncing, and then you you can set up angles, making sure, as I said before, that you know you you're practicing both ways. Your, your corners you can set up quite easy in the arena, and, and all of these you can start really easily, and then just slowly you know make it sort of harder and harder.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: But you have you can't just go oh we've got cross country next week oh she'll be right yeah you know, well, <laughs> I you know you do have to as with it all it all comes back to you. You set your foundations, you set your groundwork and your pole work and um, and it makes it so much easier, you know, in the long run. So that when you are riding at speed, you still have that Actually, you can still keep your horse dead straight and he's can't he is listening to you so that when you suddenly go, oh, I'm gonna jump this on the angle, he's like, Oh, okay, yep. yep. I'm with you. I know yep. exactly where you're going. It's you know, it's not such a big deal. Okay. Um, and then I yeah, my the part two mm. <laughs> was you know, it's all well and good doing it in the arena, but but the, arena's, enough, flat it's, it's a, yeah. the arena's flat and it's yeah. Arena's flat and enclosed, and yes. you can't really get the speed you necessarily want to. You know, you have to. um, You know, that's your homework. That's your your foundation stuff. But do you do need to practice the real thing, I guess. And um, as we said earlier, you know, the terrain makes such a difference. To a simple looking fence can be completely changed by different terrain or you know, if it's up or it's down or it's undulating or whatever. So, you know, nothing beats practicing um, on the cross country and, you know, practicing riding at the kind of speeds that you need to be riding and knowing that you can, you know, sit up and do your half halt and, and things do happen. You know, they're not. it's not going to happen as quickly as when you're in the arena, but, you know, you have to have that schooling so that you can, you're not fighting, taking, mm-hmm. you know, Yes. The whole way down the hill, fighting to try and slow up. You know, sure. it's it's happening when you're asking it to happen, and then and obviously and then that kind of yeah you know, builds your confidence as well. Also, you know, helps with the control aspect, as you said. You know, if you've got suddenly you find you've got control issues, yes. <laughs> better to find out before than on the course. Yep, yep. So and I know it's it you know it's easier easier said than done. Um, you know, we don't all have um great cross country course on our on our sort of doorstep. But if you're gonna sort of you know, spend the the time, the effort and everything else to go travel whatever to an event and it's all gonna end in disaster, why not spend the effort, you know, driving in now and hiring a cross country course and practicing, you know, it's the time you think, well is that a waste of time, but it's so not, you know.
1: It's part of the preparation, yeah. yeah.
0: It's yeah. part of the preparation, exactly. Yeah. It's the same, mm. you know, if you drive to your so you come to work or you, you know, drive wherever, it's, mm. it kind of needs to become, it's, yeah, it's an important investment piece yep. in yep. making sure that when you actually get to the event, it's, um, it's you know, makes it all go <laughs> <day> smoothly.
1: Okay. <gasps> And, <laughs> and then, Alex, the last point you've got is you, the rider. You know, what can yeah. the rider okay. do? Like we've talked all this about the training, the ride, the horse and, you know, the course and everything else. But for improving cross-country riding, what should the rider be focused to make sure that they're going to be ready to ride that cross-country course? Yeah,
0: and that's, you know, I think we spend so much time, you know, getting the horse perfect mm. that we actually forget sometimes about, we should actually be doing. <laughs> um, yes, yes. And, um, you know, it's, it's, again, sort of simple things of are you actually practicing riding, um, you know, at those speeds and, you know, with slightly shorter stirrups, you, you know, if you're doing, you know, a big course, you know, it's a long time that you're riding like that. You need, you need the fitness. You need the strength in your legs. Um, you need the balance. Like you see so many People who um, just are not used to riding, you know, the two-point out of, out of the saddle and being in balance with the horse and, you know, getting a weight off the back and, you know, letting the horse actually move underneath and not carry your weight as well as a dead weight on his back. And you'll you'll see people kind of a bit using their hands on the neck, kind of almost sort of swinging, you know, the weights on the hands because they're standing up straight and just sort of balance, you know swinging a bit on the neck because they're a bit tired and they're like, well, I've got to get my weight out of the saddle, but I'm not actually holding myself up. I'm still, you know, using the horse. You know, yes. you have to have that strength in your seat, and your position to help the horse, you know, get your weight off the back, but be balanced and be effective and, you know, be able to react quickly to, you know, what's happening so that, you know, you've got that balance uh, and the stamina, I guess, to, you know, by the time, you know, by the time you get to the end of the big course, if your horse is tired, you need to be able to work an extra bit harder to, to get him over the last few fences. Um, you need to not be exhausted so that when he leaves a leg and you're going out the front door, you can actually hang on in there and yeah <laughs> yep. for the yep. life and and scramble yourself back up. And sure. you know it's not all it's not all over. And yeah, and I guess it's you know it's really that that fitness and that the balance, you know, having that, that you know, that you you watch the the good cross country riders and they are so balanced and in tune with the horse and so light and you know they're not impeding the horse in any way. They're not adding to the weight. They're very, you know, it's all the strength that in their sort of lower legs and their um, you know softer hands and and it's really sort of you know practicing that and and being able to do that and, and having that commitment as well I think you have to, when you're riding cross country um, it's all well and good just to think well we'll just go fast in the fence but you've, you've got to ride the fence and you've got to be committed and as they get bigger you, know, you can't you can't approach a fence uncertain you've mm-hmm. got to have in your head you've got to be 100% this is what I'm doing this is where I'm going and you know and it won't always happen but you've You've got to have that commitment because if you're half-hearted or you're you're like, oh, my horse doesn't like ditches, oh, my horse doesn't (sighs) like water, oh, he's not making an angles, well, then, you know, you're already putting doubts in your mind. You're putting doubts in the horse and, you know, it's not a good recipe. So, yeah, I think it's just being aware of how you can influence, you know, you can help the horse with, you know, the efficiency and the balance and and help them at each fence but also mentally as well that you are you know, prepare for the course too.
1: And I think, Alex, you've said sort of right through it, you know, that you can get away with a little bit at the lower levels. But the higher the level, the more you keep improving, the more important Mm -hmm. these tips are for improving your cross-country riding. So I think this one has been a a very good one for someone just starting off or just thinking about starting off their cross-country journey, their eventing journey, but even for experienced riders and for coaches too, you know, just something for them to – to bring home, and I think if anyone's going to put up a couple of cross-country fences, they, you know, if they can put in water, put in ditches, and uh, put in a couple yeah. of skinnies, you know, just to sort of get all the tricky ones in, so that they can do more practice at home, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, because it's just, you know, as, as we've said, nothing, you know, you can do your homework and whatever, but you have to actually get out there and and do the real thing, and mm. you know, you have to practice, and I think because it is sometimes hard to get to places to practice, you know, and you can get away with just turning up on the day and, and kind of winging it a bit. But that'll only, as you said, that'll only happen for so long. Um, yes. You know, then the the cracks, as you go up a level, as you, you know, do better things, the cracks will potentially start to show, which mm-hmm. is why you need to kind of really, if you, you know, put in that effort at from the start and then yep. everything just so much easier and if you do you know if you do hit a hit a hiccup or something goes wrong you it's easy you haven't got so far to go back you know you can you've got the ground in there so it's not such a big deal it's just okay well let's go back and we'll just go back to where we were and we'll go over it again just start Mm -hmm. again get it all all calm, get it happy get it fun again and then move forward as opposed to well you know I'm scared and it's all just out of control. And yep. It's not fun.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm not safe. All right. Well, certainly we've enjoyed your tips and thanks again for coming and talking to us again. And um, I'm sure we'd love to have you back again and I'm sure you've um, got plenty more plenty more tips and plenty more information <laughs> you can give us as well, you know, with your experience. It's great to have you back then as a regular guest. So thanks, Alex. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, well, thank you very much,
0: guys. It's been lovely speaking to you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.